The point of this is to provide the best facts-driven show that we possibly can. Ideally, you have a glue guy. Who is good? Hashtag glue guy. Hashtag locker room guy. You can't go sign Bobby Holik to a trillion dollars. You can't do these things. Very satisfying. The absolute best NYR show in town. This is... The Liberty Blue. Liberty Blue. Rangers Podcast. Rangers Podcast. With Andrew Shelby. Andrew Shelby. And Nick Zararis. Zararis. Rangers fans, welcome to the best Rangers podcast in town. I am Andrew Chelney alongside Nick Zararis, and we are Liberty Blue. We scream about the New York Rangers so that you can save your voice. That's how deeply we care about you, and we appreciate that you have joined us for the ride. This is episode 12. Apologies for no new episode last week. Some real-life things got in the way, and we are pre-recording this because some other real-life things are preventing us from recording the show live, but we wanted to make it up to you and pre-record something for you so that you have it on Monday good to go. We will put the full video up on our YouTube, Liberty Blue Podcast, and the audio version will be available wherever you get your podcasts as well. Search Liberty Blue on your your favorite podcast platform and it should be there. At Liberty Blue Pod on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Chelney Andrew, C-H-E-L-N-E-Y Andrew, and Nick Zararis, N-I-C-K-Z-A-R-A-R-I-S, are our personal handles to follow as well. Nick, what have you cooked up for us today? Well, the NFL does this every single offseason right before the preseason starts to kind of get people talking about football again, where they do a top 100 list. They go around the league. They do a survey of the players in the league. They do a straw poll, basically, and you at, they collect they gather enough data to release a top 100 players list where they'll do some highlights they'll do some personal testimonials about what it's like to play against this person that kind of person and because the nhl does not utilize nhl network the same way the nfl utilizes nfl network we are going to do a better job of what nhl.com does every couple of weeks to just garner interactions on social where they will do a top 20 centers a top 20 forwards a top 20 goalies etc just to kind of gather information there's no ex- explanations or anything it's just a list no criteria no this is these are the best valued players these are the best players it's just these are the players and the positions they play in an order where it's not explained who picks the order it's not explained what order they're specifically in terms of whether it's value whether it's production so we're gonna try our best to do a scaled down version of that with just the top 20 players in the nhl regardless of position and yes regardless of position this is something andrew brought up when i pitched this idea for the episode well how do you compare a defenseman to a goalie a forward to a defenseman etc and that's where the interesting part of this comes into play and the criteria you're choosing to use to evaluate this comes into play. And I think it's a part of this conversation that gets overlooked sometimes because yes, there are a clear cut. There is a clear cut pecking order in everybody's mind in terms of what position is most valuable, what type of things you want from that position. But what exactly are those things that will vary from person to person and Andrew and I have pretty similar lists. There's significant overlap, 15 players in common from our lists, and then five each that aren't on each other's lists. So reasonably understanding that, you know, differences of opinion, slightly different values. You're going to see 
people very differently rated. I have somebody ranked third that Andrew has in the teens. I have somebody ranked seventh that Andrew doesn't have ranked at all. So we're going to get into this. We'll go back and forth where we'll each do our lists in order. We have a nice little slideshow put together. I get to feel like I was in high school again making slideshows. <laughs> that was fun. Just a little bit of visuals. I wrote a little, I wrote one sentence each for all the guys on my list. And Andrew will explain a little bit. I'll explain a little bit. We can push back and forth, ask each other questions. Give this kind of an, a, a not quite an open-ended forum feel because there's obviously only two of us, but more of a conversational type deal like two guys just sitting down at dinner or whatever to talk about this kind of thing because it's the middle of august and there's no hockey news so <laughs> we had to get creative today i mean okay, kulikov you- got traded today so i guess that's news to for, <laughs> fu- for future considerations yeah but like when when you brought this idea up to me like you said i didn't know how to go about listing it and i spent and I'm, I spent a lot of time today. I spent and, and like two hours. Yesterday. I spent like two hours yeah. putting it together. I, 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 we spent a good amount of time kind of just figuring out, okay, like not, this isn't a list of just who we think are the best players. To me, and I think like our list varies based on our own individual kind of thought process of, yeah. okay, who are the 20 best players in the NHL, by extension the world, at what they do? It, it, and it's positionless, which makes it so much harder because how can you say like, the, the idea, the argument of, of, oh, well, Kale McCarr is better than Nathan McKinnon. That, like that, that art, like, that argument is very difficult to, to create because they play different, different positions. They're tasked to do different things. But what Nate and I have done, oh my, I'm, I'm losing my mind. If, You're hanging Nick, out with the Nate what, dog? What, you got what, invited to the parade in what, uh, what Nick and I have done is create something that we feel is maybe not definitive but but a good indication of if you if you had to pick your top 20 for throw positions out the window who are the 20 players that you are taking to to make the top of that list and we tried our best now I'm, 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 listen, it's very difficult. Like, like I said earlier, it was very difficult to be like, oh, well, Kill McCarr is here, and but he's like higher than, you know, some forward because, because of that. Like, it's, it's very difficult, but we tried our best. Okay. So, what were the, before we get into the actual lists, we'll do a few minutes on this. What were your criteria for selecting players in the order you tried to do it? Talk me through your thought process for your rankings. So it, it was a, a combination of a few different things. If it's a forward, I, I kind of looked at how they play a two-way game because hockey is a two-way game no matter how you look at it. There's, there's I guess, such a thing as a two-way player, which is what Patrice Bergeron... Like if you look up a two-way player in the dictionary, you see a picture of Patrice Bergeron. But hockey is not just about offense. So I want to... I, I picked players, at least in the top... The, the very, very top echelon of players, if there are forwards that that were very good at both ends of the ice, because if you're an offensive phenom, but you cannot defend a lawn chair, then you are not an overall top five player to me anyway, because we're looking at the whole picture because Alex Ovechkin, right? For example, is one of the best offensive players to ever play the sport and there could be an argument that he is the best pure offensive score in, in on the planet right in the history of the sport but my man's can't guard an old lady 
he can't defend an old lady. My like he he that's that's just been the way that he's played throughout his entire career, where he can score at will. He's incredible in the offensive zone, but when it comes to defending his own zone, he just can't do it. So I I've, I valued players higher that were very good and and just a phenom on both ends of the ice. Same thing with defensemen. Your primary object- objective as a defenseman is to defend your own zone. Can you do that very well, but also how dynamic are you offensively? It's this is a two-way game. If you're uh, if you're uh, uh, one of the best stay-at-home defensemen, that's one thing, but if you can shut down line after line after top line of the of whoever you're playing while also scoring three points in the power play and putting up all these like all these sick passes and all these breakout you know all these things that's what separates me that's what separates you from other defensemen and and puts you in my top 20 and for goalies I think I only put two on there and then the two I think the They're most obvious. obvious the two obvious ones I mean they are the best of their sport they are if 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 you're in a game seven, which two goalies are you like, which two, if you had to pick two goalies to, to trot on the ice, who would you want? And it's, these are, these are obvious answers. I mean, the, for, in terms of goalies, there are no surprises, but I really tried to, to hunker down on the idea that these are the best overall players that can do everything and can do everything well not like there's some players that i have low on my list that you, people would think are would be much higher but these guys can't defend so i don't have them higher i i tried to make it as overall and as you know as overarching as i possibly could so i thought i was going to that was my initial starting point was i was going to try and keep it as two-way as possible as analytical as academic as possible. Like if I were to write a research paper on this, that was my initial starting point. But then I started to sit and think about the practical application of that. And this is specifically going to be a conversation we have because you brought it up when we were texting earlier about where I have the goalies ranked and where you have them ranked. And in the back of my mind, I was just thinking about all of the years the Rangers had Henrik Lundqvist, who was either the best, second best, third best goalie in the league, Every single year he was on the team, pretty much until the end of his career. It's really hard to win when your best player is a goalie, unless they have quality players in front of them, which is why I have the goalies ranked a little bit lower. And I started to think of this in more of an applicable situation, like how would it actually translate? And that's why I have some of the offense first guys a little bit higher ranked. And I have one player ranked very highly that you don't have ranked at all. I thought about this in terms of practical application. I need somebody who is dynamic, who's going to be able to make high-end plays, because at the end of the day, I will trade defense for offense because offense is more it offense is more valuable to me the way I evaluate hockey because this is the explanation I always give. It's impossible to win a hockey game 0-0. You could have a literal brick wall built between the pipes, but eventually someone's going to have to score a goal. And that's why I'm willing to take some of the guys I have into battle on this list. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? That's all, uh, this is your idea, so by all means, go ahead. Numero 20 on my list. This is the one guy that I've been talking up a lot recently that I've really started to take uh, a strong stance on that this is going to be one of the 10 best players in the entire sport very soon. I'm talking about Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars, a point-per-game player in his first full season in the NHL last year on a team coached by Rick Bonus, who did not allow offense. The Stars did not create offense at all, aside from when Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, and Rupe Hintz were on the ice. Size, 
elite in transition, very good at creating high danger chances for his line mates, big enough where he's going to be able to win puck battles and create offense for other players. The guys who just missed out real quick, the next three guys down on my list were Panarin, Bergeron, and Matthew Kachuk, who were all uh, players that Andrew had mentioned earlier. I love Robertson's game. I think he's only going to get better. I'm a little concerned with where he is and just the stars are kind of a mess in terms of roster construction and they don't have a ton of flexibility to improve the roster. But Robertson's game is very good already and he's pretty polished for someone who's only 22 years old, which is a really good sign because if you can hit the ground running at 22, you're going to have a lot of runway to improve. And I think it was 79 points in 74 games as a 22-year-old. That's really impressive. Just flat out really damn impressive. Yeah, I, 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 I was kind of surprised when I saw Jason Robertson on your list because I, I really like Robertson's game. I really enjoy watching him play, and he not only knows what to do with the puck, he knows how to take the puck away from you. He is a very good two-way player. My only, my only kind of eyebrow that I, that I rose when I, when I saw this was he's still very young. So yes. I, I want to see him do it again. Before yes, I before I, I definitively put him in my top echelon of players, for for all like he had an amazing season. He was dominant for for a large part of the season for the Dallas Stars, a team that couldn't score to save their lives. But I want to see him do it again. I want to see him continue the upward trajectory that his career is currently on. And if he does that, I'm, I'm more than willing to, to take somebody out potentially to, to put him in my top 20. But right now, for me, it's a little bit too early. Definitely agree with you. I mean, I use that in other criteria for evaluation where that's why, uh, spoiler, I have Vasilevsky ahead of Igor. Vasilevsky's done it a lot longer, even though Igor just had one of the best goalie seasons ever. For this situation, I wanted to go a little bit off the beaten path because I'm a very big fan of Robertson's game. And he doesn't get his flowers enough as somebody on a, sm on a small market team in terms of NHL standards. So next up, is it going to load fast? Thank you. Okay, Roman Yossi, 96 points as a defenseman on a team that could not create offense at all. His defense is not as good as it used to be. When the, when the Predators made the Stanley Cup final, I would have argued he was probably the best two-way defenseman in hockey. Now, a little bit more offense-centric because that's what the team needs from him. One of the best passers, one of the best breakout passers from the back end. Really good skater. Not as good as he used to be. Still a plus skater. Plays a very important role on his team. There's not really an argument. I mean, I feel like he's got to be in your discussion for top four or five defensemen in the league. We both have him. You have him ranked higher than I do. But Yossi's one of the best defensemen in the game. He used to be a lot better, and he's still this good. So I think that's a testament to just how good he is. Yeah, and we we might have to speed this a little bit because if we if we like if we no, do I know, a, I know. if we do a back and forth on this we we this might be this might be the longest episode we've ever, we've ever done but yeah for Roman Yossi I mean I have him higher I I kind of I think I value his defense more than you do I think yeah. even though even though his foot speed might not be at the elite super like the the absolute top of the top that he was during the cup final run I still think he's more than quick enough I think his his foundation is so solid. He is so dependable. He is one of the best to, to do it right now in the sport of hockey. So I think num I think nineteen is low for me. 
That's fair. So I think the efficient way we can do this is talking about the ones where there's a huge gap and then guys who aren't ranked on each other. So sure. I think that's the, the efficient process for this. So next up, the best player of the modern era. Yep. I mean, Sid, year 17 last year, all most important player on their team. Uh, if he's healthy, the Rangers are out in the first round in five. He was absolutely filleting the Rangers alive. We both have him. Uh, there's nothing else to say. He uh, best the evolution. I have it here on the little card. The the evolution from just the best player in the sport to saying, okay, I'm just going to be the best grinder in the sport and win every single loose puck battle because I have a huge ass and I can box everybody out. <laughs> it's an amazing thing to say to recognize that evolution. That's an important part of being a superstar player is to keep evolving. And if he was younger, he'd be higher on our list. Yes, but he's just 100%. getting up there in age, so it's it's tough to put him in the in the top ten, for example, when you know you you've been through so many injuries and you're you're not twenty seven anymore, and yeah. we still have him in our top twenty, but he's just you know he's he's getting older, and we have to put younger people up top. Yeah, for sure. We we both got him. He's one of those guys. You, you can't ignore Sid. I all right. So this is where we can have a junction point because you have Igor yep. significantly higher than I, I do. do. Um, Igor, best goalie season in seven years, best goalie season of the stat tracking era in the discussion for best single season stretch ever in mo the modern NHL. Uh, I got to see it from him a little bit longer, like we just talked about with Jason Robertson. I got to see him do it for more than just one season. He could just be, you know, the eighth or ninth best goalie in the league as opposed to the best goalie in the league. So for now, sample size docks him a little bit. And then, again, like we just talked about before, it's really hard for a goalie to win a game by themselves. You can have a really good team in front of them, but they can't score too. And Igor's tried. Igor will try <laughs> to score. He has tried. That's right. He will try to help his own cause, but eventually somebody else is going to have to score for him. And that's the reason I have the goalies as low as I do is eventually you're going to need someone else aside from them to help you out in these kinds of situations. This is where we disagreed pretty, pretty heavily on, because for me, again, like we are looking at things from an overall overarching talent point of view. And if, if you, if you're in a game seven and you have Igor Shosturkin or Vasilevsky in net, you are way more comfortable taking chances or, you know, or, or pinching in on the, on the blue line or, or doing things that generate more offense because if the puck goes the other way, you know that you have one of, if not the best goalies on the planet there behind in, in between the pipes, ready to stop whatever comes his way. And I think that's one of our biggest differences here for these lists is I have Vasilevsky and Shosturkin a lot higher than you yes. do because in terms of, the the like over in terms of just sheer talent like it, you you don't want anybody other than Vasilevsky and Shosturkin in net for you in a game seven third period tie game or you're up by a goal or down a goal or whatever you want those two in net and that to me is very important because as we've seen in Edmonton where Connor McDavid can score 15 goals in a game and the Oilers still lose because Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith are really bad so. 
like to me, like if they had if they had Shosturkin or Vasilevsky in it, like they'd be back to back cup champions. Like that's how much like that's how big of a difference goaltending is. And yes, while goaltending in and of itself cannot win you hockey games, it sure as hell can lose you hockey games. And we saw that in Edmonton. We saw that in Calgary as well. Strangely enough, against Edmonton, where Jacob Markstrom all of a sudden forgot how to play hockey and let up every every shot that came his way. If if they had Vasilevsky or Shosturkin in net, they would be in the cup final probably probably like it it was i mean colorado is a colorado was a, a a different beast in and of itself but like edmonton is a scary team with both of those with either of those two in net and to me they're, they're so much better than any of their competition they're so much like they're i i like to me like i i i have them much higher on my list because of just how good they are and they're the, they're the two best in the sport, so to, I, I I would have them higher than you do. We'll get we'll circle back around to this, and we'll talk about goalies more when we get to your play your playlist, your slideshow too. Uh, Sixteen Pasternak, best right-handed shot in the game after Ovechkin. He is the evolutionary Ovechkin. He's the hundredth percentile of one timers of power play. I would say he's in that tier of pure sniper with Ovechkin. Now the t- the state Ovechkin's at, at 35, 36 years old, one of the best pure shots in the league. Uh, he's going to have a really hard time this year with no Marchand opposite him. The Bruins are going to be a very interesting team to watch, but he's one of the most dynamic shooters in the sport. He's a pretty good playmaker on top of that. Really good in transition. Not the best passer, not amazing defensively, but his offense is so good. It, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I had him pretty pretty much in the same kind of range. Where yeah, yeah I, he was he's so good offensively. His defense is okay, it's fine, but he's you know I, I we have him around the same around the same range. Where Pasternak is is David like, he's really good at what he does. I mean, he's one of the best forwards in yeah. the game, and he's so dynamic offensively that it's it it would be tough to to take to not put him on top twenty. Yeah, 100%. One of the most fun players to watch in the sport. Very entertaining player to watch. Next up, we both have Barkov relatively high. You have him a little bit higher than I do. Uh, not much else to say. I mean, everybody had him in, at towards the top of that, uh, that tier of underrated player just because nobody ever really watched the Panthers until they got good in the last two seasons. Very good two-way player, 90, 90th plus percentile of war in both offense and defense. 100-point player. Uh, very interested to see if they're going to play him with Matthew Kachuk or separate them both this upcoming season, but very entertaining player. And I'm glad he's starting to get his flowers because he's finally playing on a good team. I have him higher than you do just because of how incredible he is on both ends of the ice. My guy can, can have a great a opportunity on one end. And if he misses, he's the first one back to defend the, 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 the opposing rush. I mean, he's just so good at what he does. He doesn't get his flowers because he's not in Toronto, New York, or where, you know, he's not in a, in a quote unquote, a huge hockey market. He, he plays in Florida. So less people watch him, less people know how good he is. But if you get a chance to watch a Panthers game and you just keep one eye on Alex Barkov, you will see just how absolutely dominant this guy is every time he's on the ice. One of the most entertaining players. And that was also something that came into my just guys who are just dynamic, who can make things happen without help from the guys around them. Cause that's really something that takes over at certain points when you get into those difficult situations. And Barkov's the kind of guy you want with the puck on your stick. If he's on your team. 
Absolutely. I, I we we agree there. I Barkov is is a tremendous talent. He's he's incredible and I wish more people knew how good he was. Next up, we both have him in this same tier. Very good to see good Victor Hedman back. Uh, two years ago, when they went to the cup final against Montreal, he was playing on a bad hip. Very much didn't have the same mobility. Didn't have the same... Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Spatial awareness. He wasn't as good at playing angles because he was limited in terms of what he was going to be able to do. But still one of the best all-around defensemen in the game. Great. He's better offensively than defensively, which is something that's changed over the years. He used to be, I would argue, a little bit better defensively than he was offensively. Now, full-throated... a probably the most well-rounded defenseman aside from the guy I have I have second amongst all of my defensemen but there's nothing else really to say this is what the modern NHL defenseman looks like size speed offense can kill penalties uh he's just older now that's really it I mean five a couple years ago he's probably in the top five yeah, I, I mean, he's Victor Hedman. What what yeah. what can we say that hasn't already been said by every NHL analyst on the planet? He's yeah. he's one of the best right now in the NHL. He's he's got rings. He's dominant on both ends of the ice, and there's a reason why he's cons- he's always up for the Nars Trophy. I mean, he's he deserves it, and he's re- <laughs> he's really good at what he does. Uh, next up, we have got lucky number thirteen, Andre Vasilevsky. The best goalie of his era, uh, he became the full-time Lightning starter, I think, in 2016 or 2017 when they traded Ben Bishop to L.A. Meteoric rise uh, wasn't amazing, the first cup final run. And then the second cup final run, he was just ridiculous. I think 30 goals saved above expected just in the postseason alone. Nothing insane i the man scares me every time they do that <laughs> every time they do that close-up of him where his eyes just aren't blinking for 45 seconds at a time he scares the life out of me he's like what six foot five six foot six yeah. those crazy eyes the long hair he scares me he legitimately scares me kind of the same thing that i said about when when we went to shisterki and i yeah. i have both of them just higher i have yeah. bo- i have both goalies higher uh they they are one of the three positions that are on the ice at all times. The goalie never leaves the ice. I mean, unless there's a delay penalty, but let's not, you know, let's not, let's not split hairs. Uh, let's, you know, he's, he's on the ice all the time. Yes. And you want the best of the best to be on the ice at all times. And that is Vassy and Shisterkin to me. So that I have both of them a little bit higher. Next up, we have got our first Ranger, you have him a little bit higher than I do. Uh, I just want to see a little more from him defensively. Other than that, he's probably the best. He's probably the smartest player in the NHL because he has no elite traits. Other than that, he's not the fastest skater. He doesn't have a ridiculously hard shot. He's just smarter than everybody else, and it shows in the way he plays the game. Uh, the game kind of slows down for him. Like, do you remember that movie? Uh, uh, you're not a movie person. Uh, I died. Mo- yeah, the answer yeah, yeah. is no. The answer, yeah. I don't even know what you're going to say. The answer is no. I'm sorry. No, there's a movie from like 15 years ago with Angelina Jolie where there's a, a bunch of assassins. And one of the the like cool parts of the movie is whenever they're about to do an assassination, it goes into slow motion and it follows the bullet on the flight path in a super slow motion. You could have just That's said the what, Matrix, man. You could have just said yeah, the Matrix. I, 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 the I, Matrix. Know th- I know that scene. That, okay, I don't, yes. That, I don't know your Angela Jolie assassin movies, but I do know that scene from the Matrix. I'll say that. Yes. That that is how Adam Fox plays hockey. Everybody else is moving slower than him, even though he's not moving fast. He's just that damn smart. Yeah, I I totally agree, and I have him just a little bit higher than you do yeah. because I first of all he won the Norris. 
He yeah. just like, you know, not this past season, but the season before. Yeah, he his defense wasn't as astronomically good as it was during his Norris season, but it's but it still, still good. It's, it's still, still incredible. Good. And the things that he does with the puck, without the puck, just the more you watch him play, the more you're just in awe of the things that he could do. Like just yeah. the, the the passes off off the boards to himself to evade you know, to evade somebody that's coming at him. Just like little things that I don't see other players do yeah. uh, this. Like he's so comfortable with the puck at all times. He, he, he makes the pass that otherwise would never have been made, would never have connected, would never have even been thought of that. Adam Fox does it. And to me, that really sets him aside from pretty much anybody else on the, anybody else on the planet. Yes. His defense, while not as superb as it was, but when he won the Norris is, is still very good. But the, the, the other things about his game just stand out to me so well. If, when he is on the ice, I'm 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 Good chilling. I'm 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 chilling. Like I, I'm I'm totally fine. Like whatever happens, you know. Like I, I know that that there's pretty much a zero percent chance that the puck is going to be in the Rangers' net because Adam Fox is doing Adam Fox things, and he's he's always doing something positive, and and that's why I, I think I have him a little bit higher than you do. But uh, he's what else can we say? I mean, he's he's just a tremendous talent, and the Rangers are lucky to have him. Next up. We both have him in the same ballpark, Mika Rantanen, one of the best wings in the entire sport. Very good at both ends, better offensively than defensively. I, I went back and read something I wrote from a couple of years ago where I was kind of con- I was curious to see if he was going to be as good when he wasn't playing with either McKinnon or Landeskog. And very much he is this good. They're they're very good underlying numbers when you look at stuff like chance creation and setting up line mates. Very good straight line skater. Sure, he give you a little more defensively, but we're really splitting hairs here. This is one of the best wings in the entire sport. I mean, I think I have three guys ahead of him, and that's only because they're just more dynamic skaters in terms of wingers. There's not really much else to say. Finally got his ring. He is still the highest paid player on the Avalanche, which I find amusing until they figure out what they're going to do with Nathan McKinnon. But this is what you hope Alexi Lafreniere turns into four or five years from now. That's the arc you can kind of hope him on because not the fastest straight line skater, better passer than shooter. That's your arc you're hoping Lafreniere ends up on because that's the school, the skill set. Elite playmaker, pretty good shooter, but better playmaker. Agreed. Uh, he's, he's not the most dynamic player on the Colorado Avalanche, but he's so good at other things. Nice. And when we get to Nathan McKinnon, well, we we could talk we could talk a little bit more about that. Miko Rantanen, while not as offensively capable as Nathan McKinnon, he does a lot of different things a lot better than Nathan yes. McKinnon. So to me, he's a more complete player. And when we get to my list, you'll see where I have McKinnon ranked. Yes. You'll see where I have Rantanen ranked. And you might uh, be throwing your pitchforks at me, and I will explain to you why I have the players where I have, where I have them. But Miko Rantanen to me is a, is a phenomenal talent. He's, he's a, he's a very complete player. He's never really out of position. He knows what he wants to do before he does it. He's, he's got, he's just got a a very high hockey IQ about him. He knows how the play is going to develop. He, he kind of just reads, uh, not only just where the puck is going to be, but where the other players are going to be. He's a very smart player. And I really like the way he plays. Very fun player to watch. That Finland team, if we ever get a World Cup of Hockey, is going to be very entertaining. Next up, McAvoy. 
Yes, I have the guy who hasn't won a Norris ahead of Adam Fox. I think McAvoy is the most complete defenseman in the sport. He's 99th percentile in defense, uh, 99th percentile in offense. If the Bruins actually let him quarterback the power play, he would have the counting stats to be in the Norris consideration, but they usually have Pasternak in that spot running the point, so he doesn't get the gaudy counting stats. But this is the best defensive defenseman in hockey to me. Some people will say Jacob Slavin. Some people will say Victor Hedman. McAvoy's always in the right spot. He plays in every situation. He usually is second power play, first penalty kill, and he's been saddled with some pretty bad partners the last couple of seasons because the Bruins have been so injury depleted. But one of the most entertaining players to watch, uh, we're watching him work the blue line when they have the puck in the offensive zone is a treat. It sucks that we can't facilitate him and Adam Fox being on the same hockey team again like they were when they were little kids, but we will cope. I love Charlie McAvoy. I have him very high on my list as well. I love the way he plays. I love everything about his game, his hockey IQ, his game sense. Well, uh, we pretty much, I think I have him maybe just a, a slightly higher, um, yes. but I, like he's, he's, he's a phenomenal player. And yeah, I, I, I see, I see where he's coming from in terms of putting him above Fox. I mean, like these, these numbers are so marginal, right? Like yes. who's number 10, who's number 12 or like, they're 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 in the top twenty, and and really that's kind of what matters here. Like yes. these are the these are the these are the top of the top of the top, the absolute best players in the league. And Charlie McAvoy is one of them, a hundred percent. Beautiful number nine. You have this guy higher. I do not. I understand the Leafs fans and Toronto media need a whipping boy. I really do understand that somebody's got to wear it for the Leafs not winning a playoff series. And because he doesn't have as many points as Austin Matthews, it usually falls on Marner. Marner's one of the most complete players in the sport. He's 100th percentile of offense, 93rd, 94th percentile of defense. Amazing playmaker, very good passer, better passer than scorer. Uh, They're going to have him babysit John Tavares more than likely going forward because John Tavares can't really be as dynamic as he used to be. Uh, Marner's one of my favorite players in the entire sport. I would have put him higher, but because of the few guys I have ahead of him, I'll explain why I have them ahead of him. But one of my favorite players in the entire sport. I love Mitch Marner. Maple Leafs fans and media that hate on Mitch Barr don't understand what they're watching. It, it just it baffles me. It absolutely baffles me that there's that there's a good portion of Leafs media and Leafs fans that don't appreciate what Mitch Marner is. He is a phenomenal two-way talent. He's a sensational player on offense, on defense, in, in, in the neutral zone. I mean, my guy does everything for you and more and everything that you could possibly want in one hockey player. He does it for you. And yet, because of the Leafs' total inability to, to win playoff games, it's Mitch Marner's fault. That doesn't make any sense to me. And yeah, I mean, the the argument that like oh from from Leafs fans and media is that like oh well Mitch Marner should have more points in the playoffs and he should be doing all these things and all that. Okay, but like I get that. At the same time, though, you're not you're not seeing the full picture that is what Mitch Marner brings to the table. A lot of what he does isn't the counting stats. Yeah, you because he because he gets paid a lot of money, you expect him to put up a hundred thousand points a game, but he still you, gets you 85, 90 right. points. I <laughs> mean, gets, I don't know what we're yeah. arguing about here. He he's gets you of, so many points and he's yeah. so good at so many other things, and yet because it's Serrano, they hate him. I don't get it. It's frustrating to say the least. Next up, number eight. This is somebody you don't have on your list. This is a little bit of me succumbing to my 
This guy scares the hell out of me every time he has the puck on his stick fear because Nikita Kucherov is one of the very few hockey people who has tormented me, basically my entire Rangers fan existence. And he's one of the most just pain in the ass guys to play against. I mean, they won two cups in consecutive seasons because he had 68 points over two playoff runs of one of the best big game players in the entire sport has that edge to his game that gets the hockey band all hot and bothered. I know he's not as great defensively because he's coasting on defense because he's so good offensively. And that's why you've dinged him out of your list. I would rather have the guy who scares the shit out of me than not have him. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. I was, I went back and forth between the order of six, seven, eight, nine on my list because they're all pretty close to each other for me. But Kucherov's playoff performance especially lingers for me because the, they went back to back because him and Braden Point went Super Saiyan for two straight playoffs. And that really does matter at the end of the day. I mean, the Rangers lost in the playoffs because they didn't have Panarin playing at a Nikita Kucherov levels, levels of Binijad playing at a Kucherov level. Well, I don't have Panarin on my list and I don't have Kucherov no. on my list. And the, and the thing, the thing about it is this, uh, when when I made my list, like like we said earlier, my focus was on complete levels, complete game. How yes. good are you in all aspects of the ice? And while Nikita Kucherov is one of the most dynamic offensive players on the face of the planet, my guy cannot guard a lawn chair. My guy does not do anything if he's not in the offensive zone. He is awful. His his micro stats, his, his, his underlying metrics, if he's not in the offensive zone, he does absolutely nothing. And we saw it during the Rangers, during the Rangers playoff run when they played them in, in the conference finals. When Nikita Kucherov was pinned in his own zone, he did nothing to yeah. stop the Rangers from continuing to cycle the puck and getting pu and getting the passes through and doing all the things that the Rangers needed to do to win games. He did nothing to stop it. He did nothing. And that is really what took him out of my top 20 for me. And the argument could be, is he 21, 22? I mean, I guess, yeah, like he's, 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 he's somewhere, he's somewhere in that range just because of how phenomenal he is offensively. And like you said, he's a, he's an offensive phenom and he could score at will and do all these things. But my criteria was how good are you at all aspects of the sport of hockey? And while Kucherov is this, you know, otherworldly talent at offense, he can't defend a lawn chair. And that's a problem for me. So I don't have him on my list. It's very fair. It's a very fair assessment. Next up, Johnny Gaudreau, same type of deal. Elite offensive player. Uh, I probably should have gotten a little bit of hard trophy buzz for how good he was last year. One of the best transition players in the entire sport. He is a one-man zone entry. You give him the puck, he will get it into the offensive zone, and something good will probably happen. I'm very curious to see if they're going to load him up on with on one line with Patrick Line and Columbus. But based on he's had two Hart Trophy caliber seasons in the last four or five years, one of the best players in this, one of the most entertaining players to watch in the entire sport. I can't. His defense does give you leave you a little bit to be desired. But if Daryl Sutter doesn't complain about his defense, I think that's enough for me to say I can have this guy in my top ten because Daryl Sutter likes him some defense. <laughs> I I think I had him a little bit lower than you do, but yeah. I I agree. I mean he's a, he's a great two way player. Columbus is very lucky to have him. Uh, Calgary is very disappointed that they that they lost him, but Gaudreau wanted to go to Columbus, so there he is. 
he is a tremendous player and Columbus will definitely be, be a better team as a result of having him on there. Okay, next. This one might be a little surprising how high I have him. Kaprizov has like single-handedly made the Wild a relevant playoff team because of how much he's elevated the games of mid-30s Matt Zuccarello and what he did with Kevin Fiala last year. And Kevin Fiala got massively paid based on how their first line played last year. Uh, this is the most dynamic skater in the league that isn't Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon to me. The Wild will have zone entries where they will just have Kaprizov skate the perimeter of the offensive zone with the puck and go around everybody because he is that good of a skater until a play develops. This is one of the most dynamic players I've ever seen play hockey, and it's a good thing the Wild have him because they don't have cap space to get any other good players. Uh, he's a phenomenal talent. I, I, I know I've thrown the word around phenomenal a lot, but this is the, the 20 best players in the yes. NHL. So yes. I, all of them are going to be phenomenal. But I, I think I have him a little bit lower only because I want to see him do it more. Just say kind yeah. of the same thing with Nick Robinson, but Kirill but Kaprizov, I, I was I was also battling within. And and if you were looking at, you know, my list as I was making it, I was kind of shuffling him around a few yeah. different places as I was doing it because I didn't really know where to put him because he dominated in Russia, then came here and dominated here. So... While he, you know, hasn't been in the NHL for for twenty years, he has dominated at home and he's dominated it here. And last season, he was one of the most dominant players in the sport. He he did everything the the Wild possibly needed. He did he he. I want to know how his back feels because he carried the whole team the entire season. I mean, my guy, my guy's got back problems after what he did. I he's. It was a, he was a sensational talent, and ultimately, like I, I, I was moving him around, and I don't think I have him quite as high as you do, but I, I have him, I have him pretty high as well. He's, he's, he's great. I love Kirill Kaprizov. All right, we're getting into the rarefied air now. At number five, I have Kale McCarr. You have him higher because I, I succumb to the offense, offense do good theory, and we're going to talk about that in a minute because that's really the biggest difference in our lists is how much I value offense versus you do. McCarr's coming off of the best defenseman season of the modern NHL era. Uh, won the Norris. Pro- just basically gives the Avalanche a fourth forward and a fourth forward who skates at a high enough level that you don't really have to worry about him defensively, even though he's freelancing on offense the entire time. His ability to get into the play no matter what with just pure foot speed his vision, I, his point totals are off the charts. There, it's really hard. Like if you were making a creative player in NHL in EA Sports's NHL franchise that played defense, you would make Kel McCarr. Uh, it, it, think about think about how good Eric Carlson is on offense, yes. and think about just if he if he was good at defense. This would be Kale <laughs> yes. McCarr. Like he, he, he is so he's uh, he's a phenom. I mean, this guy. I have him higher than number five, just because of just, he's he's literally one of a kind. You don't see this kind of play, player very often in the sport of hockey. He's so elite on on in both ends of the ice, and as a defenseman to not only be good enough to shut down everybody in the defensive zone, but to then get the puck and, and 
deliver a, a, the crispiest outlet pass or the crispiest, like, you know, the, the play that really drives possession in the offensive zone to create an offensive opportunity. You will not find a defenseman that does it better in today's game than Kale McCarr. I, I love the way he plays get the, the game of hockey. Okay. This is one of the ones you will probably want to argue about. Number four, I have Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Um, the defense does leave you wanting more. Uh, this was the this guy was a point per game player on one leg in the playoffs. That's basically all. I, I one of the most. I think he's probably the best playmaker in the sport. McDavid is probably more dynamic of a player, but Drysaddle's ability to set up his teammates and to facilitate offense at that high level, where him and McDavid are doing that thing where like they go super Saiyan on the power play. There aren't a lot of people on the planet earth who can pass a puck better than Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, he won a heart trophy uh, two years ago, three years ago, the year McDavid missed a good chunk of time with an injury. Uh, this is one of the best players in the sport to me. His defense could be a little bit better, but because him and McDavid, you end up playing together the last five to eight minutes of a game. If they're chasing, they're not playing a lot of defense. I will concede the defense for the sake of offense because Dreisaitl is one of the best offensive players we've ever had in the NHL. Sure, but he also can't guard a lawn like a lawn chair. He he is another one of those players that he is so phenomenal offensively, but defensively just gives you absolutely nothing. I, I thought I actually thought he was the worst. The defensive forward in the NHL, uh, the worst like top six and forward to play defense in the NHL. And then I saw Nikita Kucherov stats and thought, oh, well, that that answer is wrong. It's actually Nikita Kucherov. But yeah, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl is is a is a great talent offensively. No one's arguing that. Uh, I don't I don't think I have him on my list just because, again, no. like he's he's so brutal offensively and uh, he's uh, I, I think Nikita Kucherov while I have, uh, you know, Nikita Kucherov is worse at defense than than Leon Dreisaitl, but I think Nikita Kucherov is a better five-on-five talent than Leon Dreisaitl, which is why I still have Kucherov on my list as opposed to Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, Leon Dreisaitl can score literally at will in the power play. He's a, he's a, he's a he's an he's a machine when the other team is down a player, and yeah, he he's still one of the best players when it comes to five-on-five offense. But to me, uh, I I cannot get past the defense. I cannot get past just how he he doesn't do that part of the game at all. He just he he's not a part of it. He he does he does, he wants a part of it. And and if if I'm looking at the top twenty complete players in the NHL, unfortunately, Leon for all his on for all of his offensive skills and how dynamic he is and all these things, he doesn't do anything on one half of the ice. And that bothers me. Okay, so we both have the same one and two. So we'll talk about three, and then we will go to yours. Sure. And we will keep this. Uh, I have Ethan McKinnon at three. A lot of people would argue at two. You have him significantly lower. McKinnon, when he gets into that mode where like he gets one of the mushrooms from Mario Kart, there, there's not a thing on planet Earth that can <laughs> stop him. Where he just puts his head down. He will skate through you. He will skate around you. One of the most dynamic players we have, what he, his combination of size and speed, he could give you a little bit more defensively, but he has the puck so often, you're willing to tolerate his poor defense. You're dinging him for defense. I completely understand that. I just, 
as a Ranger fan who has longed for somebody who can just do this, do exactly what McKinnon does in these kinds of situations. That's why I'm taking, that's why I got to have him this high. There are very few people on the planet earth who can skate through a crowd the way McKinnon does. I have the same argument for McKinnon that I do with Kucherov. They're both yeah. offensive phenoms that can turn the game on its side and can do all these things when they have the puck, but when they don't have the puck and the play isn't in the offensive zone, they are non-existent. They don't do anything. And that is really my biggest qualm with Nathan McKinnon is once again, his underlying metrics defensively are really bad. He doesn't do enough when he doesn't have the puck on his stick, when the puck isn't in the offensive zone. He does a lot of things well when he has the puck and he, ha- and he, do- and he has to do, you know, a- an outlet pass or, so- or something with the- when he has the puck, he is terrific. He's phenomenal. But when he doesn't have the puck and is forced to defend, he is very below average. And again, when it comes to looking at overall how good are you at everything kind of list, Nathan McKinnon to me gets dinged and he gets put lower on my list than usual, just be uh, than than other people would, just because my man's cannot guard. He can't defend anybody. And I say guard because I've, I've, I've been working in basketball, basketball for too guy. long. I, I've been working in the in NBA media for too long. But yeah, I, he can't defend anybody. And yeah. when when you're making a list of best overall players regardless of what position they play and my guy can't play in one half of the ice. That to me is a problem. That's very fair. Okay. I have Austin Matthews two, Connor McDavid one. So does Andrew. We'll talk about them on Andrew's half of this. Now we ding that out. We ding that in. Okay. We talked about Sid before. What else is there to say? One of the best ever. Uh, he's going to have an argument for hockey Mount Rushmore whenever he does retire. He's the Canadians are very going to argue that it should be him. Gretzky, Gordie, Howe, Bobby, or I think that's reasonable. I really do. But, and he's still damn good. He is still a point per game player at at 35 years old. Yeah. These he's still top 20 in my book and Sidney Crosby. If he was younger, he'd be higher on my list. Just he's, he's, Not 20, like we talked about, he's not 25, 26 years old anymore. He's been through so many injuries and he's still as good as he is, which is, is incredible in its own right. So Sidney Crosby at 20 for me, if he, if this was a few years ago, he'd be much higher, but right now he's at 20. Okay. This is one of the interesting ones because this is somebody I didn't have, but this is somebody I was giving consideration to. I liked Avantes' game a lot, a lot, a lot. It's just that there are forwards I would rather have because forwards, forwards are, defensemen play more minutes but a forward's ability to impact the game is just a little bit more prescient because usually they have the puck more because defensemen have to get rid of it because of the situations in which they play the puck so if you want to make your case for Devontae's over say i don't know somebody i have like if you want make your argument say him versus kucherov putting you on the spot because when Devontae's has let, let let's say the the puck is in the avalanche so Devon Taves will break up the play and then create the pass to create, let's say, an odd man rush. He gets that seam pass. He, he not only takes the puck away from the other team, which Kucherov cannot do, 
Devon Taves is very good at taking the puck away and creating offense based off of what he does defensively. He takes the puck away, he turns the puck around, and now all of a sudden the avalanche go the other way and they create offense. But not only does he do, does he do that, he will then join the rush, the rush and be yeah. part of the offense. That's what I love about Devon Taves. And the Islanders somehow traded him away for two second round picks. I don't know. That still bothers me. But anyway, like Devon Taves is so is such a smart hockey player. He will take the puck away. He will turn it over to the to the Avs forwards. They'll go in a rush, and then he joins in, and then he continues the offensive capabilities that the forwards have. He's like another forward out there when he's. Yeah. When he's in the offensive zone, he plays like a forward. But when he's not in the offensive zone, he plays like a defenseman. And I love that versatility out of him. And that's why I have him on my list. He might not be the sexiest name on my list, but if you really watch him play and see his two-way ability, I I would think you'd have to at least see where I'm coming from. He is so good at everything that that, that needs to be done in order to win hockey games. I, I couldn't not have him on my list. I wonder if he'll ever get enough attention to get Norris votes. It's always going to be hard for somebody who plays with Kale McCarr, but I hope he gets at least a top five at some point in his career. That'd be great. At number eighteen, I have David Pasternak. I have, we, we we kind of had him. We kind of have him in the same range. Pasternak, like like we talked about, he's he's a he's a great player. Uh, I dinged him a little bit for his defense. Uh, if he if he just defend a little bit better than I that I have him I I'd have him higher. He's his offense is as as everybody, especially Bruins fans, know he he's he's such a dynamic player and he does so many things well that that makes the Bruins win hockey games. If he if he just defend a little bit better, he'd be higher on my list. Hundred percent. If he was a little bit better defensively, I'd I'd consider top ten to be honest. Sure. With you. If he was sixty seventieth percentile of defense, I would probably have him in my top ten. Next up, you have him a little bit lower than I do. Uh, this guy's really fun to watch. That that is my one of the recurring themes of my point here. Hockey is one of the sports where typically the guys who make hockey look the easiest are the best players. Uh, to me, all these players are fun to watch, right? Like yeah. even even Devon Taves, like he, you would yeah. think he's like, he would think he's the most like boring name on my list, but even him like watching like just watch Devon Taves play. He is very fun and fascinating to watch. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm a psychopath when it comes to the sport and watching these little things happen, like really just like I, I love I love that. I love when, you know, Devon Taves like makes this like little pass that like nobody else notices but i do and i love it i mean i don't know maybe 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 it's just me but like johnny like johnny goudreau is another player where he's he's really like calgary is so disappointing that, that they that they couldn't sign him like you know calgary did everything they possibly could to to try to bring him back and unfortunately johnny goudreau said thank you but no thank you i'm going to columbus for Columbus's game, they're 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 having a great player, and, and he's 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 a great two way player. He's going to be so much fun to watch in Columbus, and yeah, I do have him a little bit lower than than you know than than you do, but he's still in my top twenty. He's he's a, still an incredible talent, and the Columbus Blue Jackets are an infinitely better team now that he's on their team. Cannot wait to see him in line, even if it's just on the power play. Sure. All right. This is someone I don't have. This is someone you have, and you were kind of confu- curious why I didn't have them. So for me, uh, Bergeron, 
just not as gaudy of the point totals as some of the other guys on this list. He's the best defense, best two way defense, two way forward we've probably ever seen in the modern NHL. They should really hyphenate the Selkie Award to the Selkie Bergeron Award. I'm not kidding. He is that damn good at defense. Uh, I'm glad he's coming back for one more year. It sucks. It's going to be on a mediocre Bruins team, but everybody should enjoy one last season of Patrice Bergeron. And his la- his season last year was incredible, despite yes. the despite the rumors percentile of dis- offense and defense. Despite the rumors of him retiring, my guy turned around and absolutely dominated both ends of the ice. That's why I have him on my list. If he was younger and wasn't imminently about to retire, I'd have him higher on my list. But because uh, you know he's he's a little bit older and the, and they're retiring and the retire. Uh, retirement uh, rumors are, are swirling about. He's a little bit lower, but I, you you literally could not find a better two way player in the modern era than Patrice Bergeron. To not have him, um, I I could not take it upon myself to not have Patrice Bergeron on my list. That's why I asked Nick why he didn't have him on his list because like e- even despite everything, you know, Patrice Bergeron isn't 26. He's not. He's not in the absolute prime of his career. He still had just an excellent 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 season in in boston and just because he's older doesn't mean that it doesn't matter how good he was because he was still playing top six minutes against the best of the best against every team and he still dominated in virtually every aspect so to me patrice bergeron is more than worthy of a top 20 spot okay now this is another guy we're both in agreement this guy is so fucking good there's nothing else to say he is incredible. So dynamic. I just want to see him do it again. If he does yeah. it again, then he'll move up on my list. Like that just kind of that just is how I saw it. it, it same thing when we talked yeah. about Jason Robertson. It's like yeah. I, I love his game. Now let's can I see it again? As soon yes. as it happens again, he, he moves up. Hundred percent. Such a fun player to watch. Victor Hedman is the modern NHL defenseman. For a while, it was Duncan Keith, and then now it's Victor Hedman. He's he's been a lot better this season than he was a year before, and when it, like that, that's kind of been my my back and forth with Victor Hedman is which kind of Victor Hedman are we going yes. to see next season? That's kind of my question mark with him going into 2022-2023 is, yeah, he's still, I have a number 14. He's one of the best players in the NHL, but when the, the season before... He didn't have a great year. Let's no. let's be honest with ourselves here. He didn't have a great year. So, uh, but but then he then he followed it up with a really solid and and just a, just a really really great bounce back season uh, we saw this past you know this past year. So my my only question that I have for Victor Hedman is what version of him will we see next in the next calendar month, next calendar year, I should say. Word, word. Moving right along. Do you have him this low? Uh, yep. The one thing I would I would add to this is he's not afraid. Uh, there are some of the guys who get dinged a lot for not looking for confrontation, not being physical. Nathan McKinnon is just kind of a full-throated psycho. I mean, there are very <laughs> few just like yelling at people for not eating whole wheat pasta. Like, this sure. guy scares me. This guy scares yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, I mean. That's why I have him at three. I'll be afraid if I ranked him any lower. Yeah, well, he's yeah. Well, he's, he's gonna come find me here sooner rather later because he's I, I I only have him at thirteen again. Like we like I said, because he just he can't defend. He can't play defense. And if if my 
criteria for looking at who are the best overall players in the sport has you know pertains to how good if if they're a skater how good are they at offense and defense and and transition things and, and everything that that makes the sport of hockey the sport of hockey nathan mckinnon is good at most of these things but defending is his he can't do it he literally can't do it so i i can't in good faith in a list of overall ability list him higher than where i have him because he can't defend like uh, we that like this is why we we differed in our criteria and how we viewed this list we yeah. we did it a little bit differently so it's not it's not that one of us is wrong the other one's right yeah. like this is this is all subjective and we're all splitting hairs anyway it's also august there's nothing to do so this is what we're doing right like there to me Nathan McKinnon if he just worked on his defense he'd be one of he'd be in my top 3 if my guy just worked a little bit just a little bit on your defense, Nathan. A little bit. If you worked, if you just a little bit, he'd be top three. But he can't defend, so he's 13. 12, Miko Rantanen. So fun. I wish the Rangers yeah. had this type of forward on our team. Like, Chris Kreider could be this if he was a little bit better of a passer. We hope Alexi Lafreniere can be this because the Rangers need this type of two-way forward who can set up their line mates that isn't Panarin. They need a little more. They need another high-end guy with this toolbox. The question that I might get from some people is, oh, how do you have Miko Rantanen above Nathan McKinnon? That's because Rantanen knows how to defend. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, he he He's not as offensively dynamic as Nathan McKinnon. There's few people on the planet that are as good offensively as Nathan McKinnon. But Miko Rantanen is just objectively a more well-rounded player. Miko Rantanen does everything well that Nathan McKinnon cannot. Miko Rantanen can defend, which, yay! Because Nathan McKinnon, as we discussed, absolutely cannot. So, to me, Miko Rantanen, while not as good offensively, he's still incredible offensively, but there's Nathan McKinnon is a different stratosphere when it comes to offensive talent, but Miko Rantanen does defense and 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 all like the other little things that make up that that half of the ice that Nathan McKinnon just doesn't do well and to me that makes him just a, a more overall better player in terms of you know like we're not just looking at offense we're not just looking at defense how is this player in a vacuum if you showed me just him playing take the jersey off just let, let's just watch the way he plays the game. Miko Ranson is a more complete player. Completely agreed. Number 11. This is somebody I don't have who I was debating on having. I'm very excited to see if they play him with Barkov because I think him and Barkov could make a lot of fun things happen. Think about how offensively dynamic Rick Nash was in Columbus. And yeah. this is who Matthew Kachuk reminds me of. He is yeah. Just an he's a powerhouse. My guy will bulldoze anybody on the ice, get the puck and score. That's the kind of player that Matthew Kachuk is. And for Florida to get him is is such a, is I mean these players do not grow on trees. The, he's a he's a massive individual. He does so many things right, whether it be in the defensive end, in the offensive end. He can score at will. He can also take the puck away from you for at any time. He is so good at all ends of the ice. And for me, I, I have him at number 11. Maybe I should have even had him higher because his, his underlying metrics are, are sparkling. 
if you if you subscribe to Jay Fresh and, and all his analytics, I mean, he's Matthew Kachuk is is dark blue all the way around. I mean, he's yeah. he's so good at so many little things with the puck, without the puck, getting the puck, what he does with the puck in terms of generating offense and preventing the other team from scoring. He does it all. He's a phenomenal talent. Moving right along, Roman Yossi, you have him a lot higher than I do. I want to see what the Predators are next year. It's going to be very interesting if they're just going to be another fringe year, depending how far UC Soros can go. I don't know if we'll ever see a defenseman sniff 100 points again. Roman Yossi came damn close, though. He was, yeah, he was very close. And I, I like I like Roman Yossi a little bit more than you do. I think his defense is, is still one of the best in, in the league. And Nashville fans uh, were, were, you know, were very upset that he didn't win the Norris this year. But I mean, Cal McCarr is, is he, you saw, you saw what he did. I mean, come on, we yeah. don't want, we don't have to. It's it's Kel McCarr. But uh, what can we just leave that that sound like a picture alone? Thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, uh, like Roman Yossi is is such is such a is such a phenomenal talent. Like we've I've said phenomenal talent. I think for like every player so far. But like he's 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 just a player that when he's on the ice, you just know that it's going to be okay. You know, like he he does whenever whenever he has the puck on his stick, you know that it's going to be okay. When he doesn't have the puck on his stick and the 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 Preds are in the offensive zone, you know that he's going to get the puck at some point and that it's going to be okay. And then when he is defending in his own zone, you know that you can trust him more than you can trust literally anybody else on that roster tenfold. That's what Roman Yossi does, and that's why to me he's not number ten. Yeah, he's you know he doesn't have that at superstar foot speed that he had. He might be a little bit worse for wear on on defense because of that, but he's still to me in the upper echelon of players, and that's why I have Roman Yossi at number ten. Moving along, number nine, Alexander Barkov. The Panthers are going to be interesting this year. They they might not be as good or season long as they were last year or the year before. They might have a higher ceiling playoff wise with him and Kachuk on the same line because that's the kind of stuff you dream about when you're putting your team together is having two top ten players, two top fifteen players on the same line. I love Barkov. Give me give me eighteen Barkovs on my team any day of the week. I he's 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 such a he's such a great talent, a great skater as well. Uh, he he can. He's like I said. He's the first one to, to 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 try to bury a chance at one, and he's the first one back to defend if it doesn't go in the net. He's a he's such a dynamic player, and I just wish more people watched Panthers games so we could appreciate him more. We're gonna get him some flowers. They are going to play on national TV at some point. One of these days, hopefully, we might have to become the Alexander Barkov podcast. <laughs> That might be the one way we could get him some national attention is we just start, we throw him in to the logo somehow, just his face in the bottom right corner. <laughs> Adam Fox, yeah. th- this is our guy. This is our guy. Well, we talked about him. He's, what What else can we say that we haven't said already early in the episode? I mean, he's he's such a smart player. He knows what to do with, with the puck, without the puck, what's going to happen with the puck 10 minutes from now. He knows exactly what to do and when to do it. He's uh, an offensive powerhouse. He's a defensive powerhouse. When he's on the ice, it's going to be okay. And I, I really like his creativity. I really like how he sees the game. His hockey IQ is off the charts. I have a number eight. The way you know Adam Fox is that good is that the last two Ranger coaches, two completely different people, have said, I need to be careful not to play him too much because yeah. he is that good. That When you have defensemen where it's like, all right, I got to give him a break because he's playing too much because he's that good, that's a good sign. That is a very good sign. Sure. Number seven, 
Chuck McAvoy, Adam Fox's childhood friend. Uh, I really wish we could have got him and Adam Fox on the Rangers. I know I said that before. There was a really small part of me that was convinced we were going to get two Norris Trophy caliber defensemen who wanted to force their way here. <laughs> I was really hoping. We're splitting hairs with seven and eight. Charlie McAvoy is is everything that Adam Fox is as well. I really like how he plays the game. I like how smart he is. I, I really like his his skating as well as an underrated part of his game. And Charlie, like the only reason I have Adam Fox at eight and McAvoy at seven is that Fox's defense, like we talked about, just went down just a little bit a last little bit. season. And, Ma- and McAvoy's defense stayed at that unreachable level throughout so to 99th me 99th percentile of defense playing 28 yeah. minutes a game just so we're we're splitting hairs at this point but i i would only put mcavoy at like an adam you know like if they're if they're both like you know like just so close together mcavoy only takes the kick because of how con- he's been just that more consistent on defense but they're both just elite players moving right along number six mitch marner I wish this is who I want. Every year, there's a part of me that's like, maybe the Leafs blow it up this year. Maybe the Leafs blow it up this year. And God, I hope the Rangers have $14 million in cap space when that happens because I want this guy on my team. Like we said, I I don't understand why why Leafs fans and Leafs media hate Mitch Marner. I I will never understand it. He's a complete player and appreciate him because if you don't, he's going to leave. He is going to leave. And then when he leaves, you will begin to understand what he did that you did not appreciate. Appreciate that, man. Special player. You have Igor 5, you have Vasilevsky 4. Yep. I... I... There isn't any other goalie close. I thought maybe I would have Soros close to 20. I thought maybe Markstrom. Then I thought about it, and I, I, I the playoffs are still fresh in my mind. Igor saved the Rangers' skin so many times. Vasilevsky saved Tampa's skin so many times. These guys are both great. It's a shame one of them is going to have to be the backup for the other one at the World Cup of Hockey, <laughs> but that'll be an interesting yeah. conversation. I mean, I, I have both of these. At, I have Shirkin at five and Vassi at four, and I have Vassi higher because he's done it, right? He's yeah. he's done it. He's he's done the, I'll, I'll allow absolutely nothing during the cup finals en route to, to cup wins. I ha- So I have him higher. But if you if you do a coin flip for me, then I, I it, to me, I, I'm, I'm just... I'd be good with either one. I'm you just as confident. One, I'm, I'm just as confident with, with either one because Shesterkin did his best Lundqvist impression during these playoffs where the Rangers did absolutely nothing for, for a vast majority of these games. Shesterkin did everything in his power to to not give up as many goals as he did you know sans those two games in Pittsburgh in in the early stages of the playoffs he was so he was the the reason the rangers made it to the conference finals so vasi's just vasi just did it did it in the cup final and now has rings that like that's why vasi is at four for me but to me if you gave me an option of of which one i'd rather have in a game 7 and you, I can only pick one. Just give me a coin flip because I, I am, I have full confidence in both of them. There are other things to worry about if those are my two choices. Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. And that's why I have them so high on my list yeah. is because, like, 
I know you have goalies low, but to me, if if I have a hundred percent confidence in my goaltenders, then I can be more aggressive on the offense. I can do things that I wouldn't be able to do if I had somebody that I didn't trust in net to to make a save what I needed him to make a save. I, I there's there's things that the players don't players don't like to to. Uh, to admit this, but it's true, right? Like if you have Vasilevsky in net, you're much more confident in your ability to, 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 to pinch it. If the puck goes the other way, that Vasilevsky is going to make a save. If you're playing on Edmonton and you're pinching as a defenseman and the puck goes the other way, your first thought is, Oh boy, we just gave up a goal. So uh, players, don't, players don't want to admit it, but it's true. We don't, yeah, we don't no, want to say, we don't want to say things out loud, but it's true. Like, when 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 you have the best goalie or the second best goalie, which it doesn't matter who you put where, because they're both one and two. However you want to put it, that's that's how you put it. But when you have those two in net, you can you can do things that otherwise you wouldn't do. Okay, instead of talking about Kale McCarr over under three nor- three and a half Norris trophies, not including the one he already has, the not record, including the six, ones. I think Lidstrom has the all time record with yeah. six. Do you think he gets within sniffing distance? I'm not saying more than six. Do you think he gets a four or five? uh, Dude, it's such a... uh, I think he deserves to have that number if he continues to play the way he does. Will he or won't he? It's always a difficult discussion when it comes to awards because like the word finalists are always so subjective and then the kind of like how they give out the award sometimes is very subjective and not very transparent. So I don't no is the best way I'll, I'll refrain from betting and I'll just keep my money. If that's if like, I, I think like that's the best way for me to there go is about, nothing at about stake that. Here. This is just conversation. Yeah. I mean, I, like just cause Kale McCarr, if he continues to play the way that he's been playing, he absolutely deserves all the Norris's in the world, but will he get those awards? Because a lot of, a lot of times, especially in the NHL, you know, a lot of the, the award givers are always just like, well, he won it last year. We'll give it to somebody else this season. And it's, I don't I don't like that mentality. If you're the best player at something, then you should get the award for being the best player at something. So, will he get will he get three and a half after uh, if if you don't count this one that he already won? If he continues to play the way that he has, I would hope so. Okay. So, we both have Austin Matthews too, and we both have Connor yep. McDavid one. The question I have for you is what would Austin Matthews have to do to pass Connor McDavid in your mind? Because I think that's really the only interesting discussion we could have at this point. Because Matthews had the elite defensive season last year and scored 60 goals. And everybody's still kind of in agreement, yeah, Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. Is there anything Austin Matthews could do to pass him? Or is just McDavid's specialness, his it factor, whatever word you want to use to describe it, just too much to overcome? That's a really good question. Because it the the gap isn't as big as i think a lot of people either pretend that it is or like to think that it is yeah. austin matthews is a, a one of a kind player where austin matthews is a better goal scorer where connor mcdavid is the 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 do it all kind of player yeah. where and austin matthews also had a million assists so i'm not out here saying that that he can't pass that's not what i'm saying I, what I'm saying is Connor McDavid can can literally do everything by himself 
and then also score seven goals in a game. Like that's what yeah. Connor McDavid does that Austin Matthews, like he has done that in the past. Like, don't get me wrong. Austin Matthews has, he scored four ga- four goals in the very first game that he played in the NHL against the Ottawa Senators. And for what, some reason, I remember that, but I can't remember other things because that's how my brain works. But like, I remember that four goal game very clearly. Like Austin Matthews can do a lot of the same things that Connor McDavid does, but Connor McDavid just does it in a way that leaves everybody's jaw on the floor when he does it. Austin Matthews oohs and oz fans every game as well. But the way Connor McDavid does it, I have never I don't think I've ever seen in in my in all of my time of watching the sport of hockey. He he literally like he will just turn it when I think he did it against the Rangers when when yes. it was like that that shootout. I think it was with Georgiev in net which again, why was your given it against the Edmonton Oilers? I don't know, but I'm not the head coach. So who am I to, to question the head coach of a national hockey league team? But uh, when, when he just turned it on and totally pants four players to score on Alex Georgiev, that he does that seemingly every night and Austin Matthews can score goals and he gets the assist and he does all, he does so many things well, but he doesn't do it the way Connor does it. And maybe that's just being more flashy. Maybe literally the answer is because Connor McDavid is a flashier player. I don't know if that's the answer, but maybe to some people that it is, we don't, uh, you know, it's subjective at this point, but Connor McDavid just plays the game in a certain way that is unseen for generations. He's he's that kind of player that just can transcend the game. And if you ask an American hockey fan, not even a hockey fan, if you just ask an American on the street to name a couple of hockey players, I will bet you that more just people on the street know Connor McDavid more than they do Austin Matthews. I think that's a relatively safe bet. Okay, so transitioning. Okay, we will... This episode we have recorded will be up on Monday. It will be up on all your favorite podcasting platforms. It will be up on YouTube. Be sure to be following the show on socials, Liberty Blue Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Liberty Blue Podcast on YouTube. The show usually is live on Twitch, Monday, 6.30, 7 o'clock, somewhere in that window, usually about an hour, a little bit long today. We have to throw you guys a bone because we missed an episode because life happens. Um, That's Andrew Chelney. His Twitter is Chelney Andrew, C-H-E-L-N-E-Y. I am Nick Zararis, Nick, Z-A-R-A-R-I-S on Twitter. Those are our personals. We will see you guys next week. Everyone be safe out there. Um, Hockey soon, please. Soon, please. please. A crumb? Okay, we'll see you guys. Later.